0: I'm your host, Mr. You. Welcome back to the All-Purpose Pod for an All-Purpose Life. Wherever you are today, however you listen to the podcast for the people, thank you again for making a Call Me Mr. You Just a small part of your morning, your day, and your week, we're your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. Thank you again for joining us. We're in season four of "They Call Me Mr. You. and don't forget, every Monday and every Thursday morning, brand new episode of our show, Whether you enjoy your podcasts. We got a new platform, Good Pods. Uh, We're still on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, wherever you get your podcast from. We're still there, but Good Pods is our new platform for a very important reason. All of our listeners and subscribers can not only join our show, uh, be more actively involved, but they can actually leave comments on every episode going back to season one. You can also rate and review our show. Uh, It allows us to be seen by more people, And begin to kind of uh, raise the level of consciousness about what we're doing. So we thank you for joining us on Good Pods. Download the app on iPhone or on your Android. We'd love to hear more from you. Rate and review our show and comment on every episode via Good Pods. Thank you again for that. Uh, Let's jump into our show for today. Now, I used to ask this question a lot when I had my old life coaching practice many years ago in the great state of Florida. Now, I had a lot of clients and I had a lot of responses to the questions I'm getting ready to ask right now. But generally, the same kind of responses. What does that mean? Here's my question to them. I asked many questions because these were paying clients and I was actually rendering a service to them, but I want to always understand how I can help and if I'm actually helping. But the question I asked that we're talking about today is this, if money were no object, and you could have exactly the sort of life you would like. What would it be? I'll ask the question again for those in the back. If money was no object, and you could have exactly the sort of life you would like, what would it be? I invite you guys to jump onto our social media platforms on Facebook at They Call Me Mister U, on Twitter at Call Me Mister U, and on Good Pods on new platform. We can answer any of these questions right under our published episodes. But in this case. Love to hear your answers to this question, if money was no object, you could have exactly the sort of life you want, what would it be? Now, even in my mind at the time, so many years ago, although I was doing a lot of things wrong and still admittedly had so much to learn, even I realized that this was a hypothetical blank check, this question I was asking my clients. Essentially, this was a question perfect for how big can you dream territory. Perfect fit for that territory. If you could have anything you want, what would that be? How big can you dream? How big is the number you put on this blank check that you've been given right now? You don't have to have children to know the answer to this next question. But ask a young child this same question. We can call it homework or just a social exercise. Ask a young child this exact same question. If you could have anything in the whole world, what would you want? Some might say unlimited ice cream. Somebody say candy. It'd be fun to hear the responses. But ask a young child the same question. If you could have anything in the whole world, what would you want? I don't believe a child would even have to pause before answering that question. Why? Because they're still in tune with their imagination. They have dreams and they're still accessible. They haven't been buried in the ground they're still in tune with their imaginations. Depending on the situation, Their parents might think that their dreams are maybe mm, a little unrealistic, perhaps a bit far sighted. The parent might try to convince the child to scale their dreams back a little bit to something more reasonable, maybe something more manageable. Any parents out there doing that to their kids? Just asking for a friend. Two people purpose on the inside of them, living in the same household, but seemingly in two starkly, dramatically different worlds. One has dreams that are vivid and clear. The other tosses their dream in a drawer and picks up obligation instead. Real talk, real situations out there. Here's another question for all our friends in the back. If the dream is dead, who is the murderer? If the dream is dead, who's the murderer? I'd ask the famous detective Hercule Poirot, but he's not here. Who killed this once vibrant dream? Who's the culprit? Was it the responsibilities and obligations of this world? Is that who smothered the dream in his sleep? Or was it the person who once had it but feared what it would take to see it come to pass? So they laid it down and covered it up with stuff. I can almost hear you from here. Is that resonating today? A child doesn't know all we have to deal with. They don't understand what it means to have to be responsible and have to make important decisions. Everything is done for them. They have time to dream. Some of the protests are valid. I think it makes sense for us to quickly assess What it means to have a dream Did you know that the idea For Google you know To use instead of the encyclopedia To research stuff with you know Google It was inspired by a dream You know that Literally Google was Somebody's dream before it became Your reality and your primary research Tool it was a dream The sewing machine You know You remember those, right? The sewing machines? You do, do hymns and alterations with? It was inspired by a dream. I mean, a literal dream, like head on a pillow, drooling, snoring. Dream. Einstein's theory of relativity. Also inspired by a dream. Like, a literal dream. Some of the most famous songs in history were inspired by a dream. Just a few examples in a very long list. So, do you think a dream is important? Do you think a dream is important? To be fair, let me say this. We all know some really crazy people. Can we admit that? Do you know anybody that's crazy in your life? Like legit, crazy? But do you know anybody that would leave a $3.2 billion lottery ticket in their bedroom nightstand, and never turn it in. And we all know crazy folks, some that deserve to have a straight jacket wrapped around them, certifiable, cuckoo, local. But do you know anybody that's that crazy They would leave a $3.2 billion lottery ticket in their bedroom nightstand and never turn it in? Do you know anybody that would do that? Do you know anybody crazy enough to leave the cure for an infectious disease in the garage in a cardboard box? Do you know anybody crazy enough to do that? The answers to both are, of course not. A dream is that important. A dream also does more for those that eat its fruit than the person that watered the seed. I'll say that one more time for those in the back. A dream is that important. A dream always does more. Hear that? A dream always does more for those that eat its fruit than the person that watered the seed. So in case you didn't catch what I'm saying there, your dreams are not about you and only for you. Again, for those in the back, your dreams are not only about you and not only for you. A dream always does more for those that eat its fruit than the person that watered the seed or had the dream. The minute the dream becomes all about you it morphs into something else that is unrecognizable. It's unproductive. It's carnal. It's selfish. It becomes about self-interest. The minute a dream becomes more about you. If it was all about the person who dreamed it I think the soul machine would have gone a different route. Or those songs that have blessed our life throughout history. Or any other invention that was important enough whether it even, even be Google. It's not about the dreamer. It's about more than that always. I'm totally convinced that we could ask any child that question from earlier and they probably have some of the loftiest goals you ever heard. They'll say more than they'll say world peace. They'll say world hunger. Probably they'll say nobody fighting anymore. Candy forever for everyone. Things like that. Because they're in tune with their imagination. When I had my practice way back in the day, part of my work was to understand the motivations of my paying client. Before we even started talking any kind of business and getting down into planning and assessing and building and developing plans for their business or their work, whatever it was, I needed to understand where they were coming from, what they wanted and why they wanted it. We need to crystallize what that goal was and that dream so we can construct an action plan to address it. That's how my my practice operated during that time. But I would ask this question to adults, high functioning adults with college degrees, great jobs, and theoretically big dreams, people in industry. My client list had some pretty strong people in it from a professional standpoint anyways. But the answers that would come back to me were strangely vague and ill-defined answers. Maybes and mites, hems and haws, uncertainty and perpetual pondering. And I don't know. mm, Okay. Kind of, sort of. That's when I found out that there's a tragedy that exists. And one I still see today, a world where adults have traded places in one disturbing way. Adults that have traded in dreams for wishes. Adults that have traded in dreams for wishes instead. Little children are expected to wish. Why? Because they don't have resources. They don't understand systems and organization. They don't understand paying attention to detail. They don't understand how to process certain pieces of information and data. They're expected to wish. But it's much more egregious when an adult who has access to all those things chooses to wish rather than dream. Someone said that a hope without a plan is just a wish. (laughs) Wow. It's obvious that many of these persons, former clients and friends, have never given themselves the freedom to dream concretely. Consequently, they have achieved little Concrete happiness, I guess. Or they place that vibrant dream in the drawer, ready to be seen again. Do you know what your dream is worth? Maybe having shared it with anybody and you keep it to yourself for fear of being mocked or being made fun of or or just being looked at like you're crazy. But do you know what your dream is worth? Do you know the value of that dream is? That you put down in that blank check with that first question I asked you today? I gotta be honest, it's kind of sad. It's sad that a life that starts with purpose potentially could end in a less than favorable position. You don't think it's tragic to see a king sleeping in a crib, swaddled in baby clothes, that grows up, lives their whole life in poverty, and dies as a pauper? Catch that imagery. A king sleeping in his crib, already a king, swaddled in baby clothes, that grows up, lives their whole life in poverty, and dies as a pauper. You haven't said what a waste of life that is for a young kid from a wealthy family, college educated, with all the benefits and advantages, but devolves into a degenerate criminal. You might say, ah, oh, that person's messed up, throw them in jail, but you don't think about how much of a waste that is. All the benefits and opportunities and advantages that that person had, they didn't take advantage of. Or both people, the king and the young kid from a wealthy family. Just two examples of what it means to have the resources and the benefits and to waste them. There are few things worse than a life that's wasted. It's a tragedy if I ever heard one. You know, throughout time, as far back as we can trace, man has sought after purpose. They're still doing it today. They're doing it in a weirder ways because they don't know any better, or they're just maybe perhaps a bit depraved. But they're searching for purpose. They're trying to find themselves. Jumping into fads and organizations, trying to find purpose, trying to find something that makes them feel good on the inside, trying to fill that hole where their heart used to be. Trying to understand the why we do what we do. What makes us commit consistently to doing that no matter what. Why do we walk in purpose? Why shouldn't, why can't we walk in in purpose? King Solomon was the wisest man on the face of the earth, according to scripture. His assessment of life was that living is futile if you're only living for this world. The things around us will fade and if you are tied to those things only, obviously you're tying your, your fate to that. Ecclesiastes twelfth chapter, verse 13 and 14 has an awesome verse that I love to share and discuss and ponder. It says, here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. For God, well-being, every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. So this is the wisest man in the world. He says life is all about honoring God with our thoughts and our lives. That tells me something. Maybe it speaks the same thing to you as well. That dreams and how the dreams play out in our lives matter to the creator. Did you hear that as well? His father David is arguably the greatest king of this or any era. And from his own lips, He said in Psalm 17 and 15 that satisfaction for him is seeing the face of God and resembling him with his entire life. That's where he finds satisfaction, Psalm 17 and 15. A worship leader and psalmist, very well known by the name of Asaph, A-S-A-P-H, for those that are taking notes, was tempted to follow the pattern of this world and build his fortune without regard for others, In an effort to stay relevant. But he quickly realized that a relationship with God mattered more than anything else. Life just didn't have any purpose without that. Three very wise men are saying that chasing the stuff. And not chasing God. The author and the finisher. The first and the last. The alpha and the omega. The reason why we have purpose at all. The purpose giver. The gift giver. Is worthless without People like ASAP and so many others found value in living a life that benefits others and produce joy in people's lives. Where are those people? Where are you guys hiding? Would you please come back? We need you. At the end of the day, they just want something that only the creator can promise. And you can't find it on Instagram. You can't find it on TikTok by doing a video. And you definitely can not find it on YouTube. And that's an abundant life. At the end of the day, everybody wants that. I did an episode, my first listener participation episode last season. It was probably one of the most successful episodes we've ever done. You know why? We talked about the abundant life and everybody from all walks of life. Rich, poor, black, white, professionals, entrepreneurs, they're all chimed in. People with kids, people without parents, grandparents, you name it. Everybody chimed in and it was a rousing success. And I heard all kinds of answers, but at the end of the day, what I realized is that everybody wants the abundant life. Maybe they can't describe it, but they want it. And that's what the Lord offers us. We ended last season uh, discussing the life of Joseph. If you remember this, he had a dream about the future, and he was despised for it. He had a dream about the future, but he was despised for it. It cost him his family. It cost him his freedom. He found that he would have a life without friends in it. He would be falsely accused and thrown into prison. And all he had to cling to was the dream. Sound like a movie, right? It's real though. The dream was a sign to him. Of a future promise. It was a door to saving countless lives. Living in famine. Doesn't matter where I go. I can always find somebody who's happy. To tell me about their dream. One dream is to be really friendly with their manager. And one day. They move up in the company. And have a corner office. And be set for life. Well at least for 40 years right. One dream is working at their job. Just long enough to meet a man who will take care of them and marry them so they never have to work again and they can just shop all day long. Yep, they're out there. I met them. I know them. Another dream is hoping that one day they'll hit it big and finally get that Powerball and be filthy, stinking rich. These are just a few of the dreams that people around us that we know have. But it's one thing they all have in common. This is where the sad part comes in. The dreams are for sale. Their dreams can be bought. They can be modified, altered, bought, sold, handcrafted. Do you think that was the intention of the dream that God gave you? For it to be uh, for sale? For it to be potentially compromised? You know, in this day and time, the most dangerous thing for society and future generations is not having a dream. If imagination is a crime, we're doomed to become mindless, homogenous circus clowns. And I guess criminals too. Please don't mistake technological innovators, inventors and financial genius for being the only ones that qualify as dreamers. They're not. The results are hardly ever instantaneous people who made the soul machine, who invented Google, who figured out the theory of relativity, who wrote songs that have shaped our world for decades now. They did that because of a dream. Every witty invention you can think of, from a traffic light to a cure for an infectious disease. Dreamers. I'm just hoping that we don't fall for the okie doke. And substitute the dream for a cheaper model That will eventually tarnish Fade and can't deliver on what it promises Is your dream for sale? The dream Joseph was given That ostracized him from his family And separated him from those that he loved It would take 15 years to come to fulfillment How long have you been sitting on your dream? Or have you already sold it? Wherever you are today However, you're listening to the podcast for the people. Thank you again for making a Call Me Mr. You, just a small part of your morning, your day, and your week. We're your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. Thank you again for joining us. Don't forget, every Monday and Thursday, from now on, brand new episodes of the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. And join us on a new platform, Good Pods, you can rate and review our shows and comment on every individual episode from season one until now, as much as you like. Thank you for your support again. We appreciate you. Enjoy the music. Coach out. Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And, of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find They Call Me, Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.